One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Gabriella Clark. Each week, we discuss the latest vegan news, taste test new products, and chat to some of the leading names in veganism. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Simply Vegan podcast. Hi, Gab. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Hello, everybody. So, Brilliant news this week. More positive news. Let's keep it coming. Um, Tesco sales of vegan products up 750%. I mean, is that even a thing Um, during Veganuary? How incredible is that? Music to my ears. I mean, when do you hear a a percentage that high, a stat (laughs) that positive? 750%. It's fabulous. It's insane. Um, yeah, just absolutely brilliant news for the vegan movement. The more I am vegan, the more people I speak to on this podcast, um, the more I just feel so passionate that this is the this is the way to go. It really is. So uh, definitely, and I think that you know, uh, like we discussed last week, we're starting to see a bit more positivity given to the vegan diet, um, certainly in terms of health. I do think that the last year with the global pandemic has made people think a bit more about what they consume and um, where it comes from. So to see that reflected in actual sales as well, 750%, amazing. Yeah, I wonder what the other supermarkets have um, found during January. Mm. Um, So we've got Valentine's coming up. Um, Not that any of us will be doing you know anything too exciting but if we're cooking a nice meal you know we can we can have a nice lockdown romantic dinner can't we um definitely and there's quite a few different deals going on I know Asda have got one I think it's 15 pounds um for a vegan meal deal but we have taste tested the Aldi one so this is seven pound 80 per person and includes a starter a main a side and a dessert and a bottle of vegan bubbles so I think that's pretty good value amazing value that really stood out to me yeah really affordable and the starter is brilliant it's half a dozen Thai red roses which is great it's really sort of uh, quirky and they're on their own they're 199 um they're wrapped in phyllo pastry and they're, they're red aren't they I'm not sure what's actually used I'm, sh- I'm presuming it's sort of beetroot or something to get to make them red yeah and they're very obviously a red rose on your plates they look really pretty and they are a nice I suppose gimmicky purchase for your valentines or galentines or yeah. meal with yourself however you're celebrating it or not celebrating it they're a nice little novelty purchase for sure yeah they're really cute and they were really tasty as well I kind of had them with a bit of a sweet chili dip did you like mm. them 
Yeah, we had them with a sweet chili dip as well. And we had um, cooked a noodle dish. So we had them alongside that and worked really well as an appetizer. For me, they were actually quite filling. Yeah. Um, even though they were only small, they, they have quite a punchy flavor. So yeah, they were quite filling, but a really nice addition to have have on the side. Yeah, lovely. And then, so the mains, we taste tested the no beef bourguignon pie, which which on its own is £1.69. It's short crust pastry filled with seitan pieces, chestnut mushrooms and silver skin onions in a red wine sauce and a puff pastry lid. I was really impressed with this. Um, I've actually got the box here. I've, I've saved it because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um it was yeah I was first of all I was impressed that it was seitan um because I I just think seitan's a bit healthier it's a bit more of a natural product like tofu um it's really high in protein it's lower in fat than tofu seitan is made from vital wheat gluten I don't know if you have you ever tried to make seitan at home no I've never tried to make it I've had it you know pre pre pre-packed pre-made from supermarkets and it is a really great um, vegan protein sauce and slightly firmer than tofu so you can do something different with it yeah you can sort of slice it up and I think mm. you can kind of make all different types of fake meat with it mm. um, yeah I've made it at home actually vital wheat gluten it's kind of like flour um, okay. so you just yeah you just it sort of gives it I don't know you kind of um, add kind of onion and herbs and spices and stuff and water and then it kind of goes glutinous you steam it and then you leave it to cool and then you can sort of slice it like you would meat so you're much more of a domestic goddess than I am Holly that sounds like a lot of work when I could just purchase it from the supermarket (laughs) (laughs) yeah I haven't done it very often put it that way but yeah I was really excited to see you know seitan coming into the mainstream that's amazing Chestnut mushrooms, I'm a massive mushroom fan. Pastry, I just love savoury pastry (laughs) things. So I know I sound a bit obsessed with this pie, but I was really impressed. And I don't think, I don't really don't think meat eaters would necessarily know because you had the rich red wine sauce. It was really good. The only thing I'd say is, I mean, we haven't really gone down this route before with our taste test, but I did notice that it had... Uh, palm oil in um, and it doesn't say it's from sustainable sources so you know if you are kind of that far down your vegan journey and you are kind of avoiding things like palm oil then you know I have asked Aldi to um, if they can kind of look into where their palm oil comes from so hopefully they'll get back to me on that um, and I can yeah let everyone know you know where that's coming from but you know, having these products in the mainstream is step one. I think step two will be having these products in the mainstream and making the ingredients sustainable. But we can't have it all, can we? No, not quite yet. Although I think uh, just like you say, having a really delicious, convincing product like that available that you can confidently serve to vegans and meat eaters alike who maybe haven't even started their vegan journey yet is fabulous and we all know Audi is so reliable for really affordable choices as well um so yeah kudos to them great I think the pie might be available um after Valentine's as well I think it's kind of been new and it's it's going to be part of the Valentine's um meal deal but I think it will be available afterwards um I'm just looking on the box and it is quite high in fat but let's just skip over that bit shall we (laughs) (laughs) and on to chocolate mousse (laughs) on to the chocolate mousse um the side by the way is a vegetable medley which is um leeks and broccoli which was Mm -hmm. great um chocolate pots tell us all about those Gabriella I mean, it seems every week I'm raving about a new chocolate item. And I like to say that I don't really have a sweet tooth, but I feel this podcast may suggest otherwise. Um, They were a massive hit in our house. They were so incredibly creamy, so creamy, just the most amazing texture, more like a ganache, I suppose, than a, a moussey texture. Yeah really creamy perfect portion size though I could have eaten as my partner said I could have eaten 15 (laughs) but I'm glad there was not 15 for me to eat um 
lovely little uh, kind of portion size you could add if you wanted to maybe like a fresh raspberry on top to make it a bit more special but they were absolutely delicious delicious so light actually probably one of the best vegan desserts um and after having something heavy like a pie and you're obviously drinking maybe a starter they were that perfect sweet treat hit at the end of a meal so my favorite for sure lovely yeah they're made with um belgian chocolate so and they're luxury handmade ganache pots apparently so yeah they were a hit and they're 199 for a pack of two so yes we'll uh, we'll definitely be going back to buy those we certainly will really lovely well done Audi and thank you <laughs> um the other thing we didn't try was uh, the other main option was uh, no chicken kievs so um that, that should all be available in store now so on to our next taste test which is um chicago town pizzas which launched in time for veganuary um they are so one is a tomato stuffed crust takeaway smoky bacon and mushroom pizza which is £3.50 and then the the others are like smaller ones they're like um they're £2.50 for two and they're like a vegan cheeseburger pizzas so the stuffed crusts are a real hit with us especially with the children and hallelujah the first time my son who is now nine has eaten a vegan pizza and not realized it was vegan. How good is that? I I was so thrilled. I mean, I do feel a little bit guilty tricking him into eating things, but you know, <laughs> he doesn't know any better, does he? I mean, it, you know, it's not like dairy is good for him. So yeah, he did not realize. Really, really nice. I just, I've missed stuffed crust pizzas so much. Mm. And um, it's not stuffed with cheese, which I think is a good thing. It's stuffed with like a tomatoey sauce. Um, so yeah, definitely a hit. I haven't tried the cheeseburger mini pizzas yet, so I will have to, um, tell everybody about those next week and you haven't tried them yet. Have you Gabriella? So no. So the pizzas didn't quite make it to me, even though I, uh, had a camped out on my doorstep waiting <laughs> for the delivery after I saw yours. Um, but I have received some vouchers to go and buy some. So I will also be testing them, uh, very soon. So thank you to the team and yeah, great. I think with a vegan pizza, for me, I've actually been quite disappointed recently by some of the shop-bought vegan pizzas. And it's not something we buy that often. But, you know, when lockdown's quite repetitive, you want something different, maybe a treat meal and you're buying a a pre-made pizza. And I do feel like when you go to a restaurant or you get a proper takeaway vegan pizza, they're really good. But the the pre-packed ones for me are a bit of a letdown. So I'm really glad to hear that there's something that might perhaps be a bit of a guilty pleasure, but a really good, good guilty pleasure. So I'm excited to try them. Yeah, definitely. I think they're definitely up in their game, aren't they? I'm trying mm. to think of I'm trying to think of other brands that I like, vegan pizzas. Are there any that you've tried that stand out? No, I have to say I've tried a few recently. Um a couple of the Sainsbury's free from ones um I think we had a Waitrose free from one and the is it White Rabbit yes yeah um and they were nice but not something I'd necessarily buy again and for me price is actually quite a barrier for vegan pizzas compared to not just the range of choice but the more affordable options in pre-made pizzas for uh, meat and dairy eaters so yeah, I have yet to find one that I would go back to. Yeah, some of them are quite pricey and you kind of think, mm. well, it's, there's not a lot involved in a pizza really, is there? So, yeah. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Next, we have finally hunted down the Nourish. <sighs> it's taken me like two months. I wanted to get this in for Christmas and it's now, you know, nearly the middle of February. I've just found it. Um, and it's the Nourish Vegan Camembert in Sainsbury's. So you yeah. found it too, didn't you? Yes, I found it and knew Holly was on a one-woman quest to find it. <laughs> so probably as soon as it was in my basket in Sainsbury's, rang her to give her some tips. So quite <laughs> confusingly, A, it's very small, and B, for me, and I don't know if this was the case for you, Holly, it was not with the vegan cheese. Mine was. 
Ah, okay. So I've been looking with the vegan cheese in the vegan cheese section for the last few months, nothing there. And I then I was looking because I'm sort of on the Facebook groups, like accidentally vegan and stuff. And everyone's saying, oh, it's not with the vegan cheese. It's here. It's there. It's with the Christmas stuff. No, couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. And then it's just suddenly appeared. So yeah, perhaps they just, I don't know, someone else had found it in this Sainsbury's store. Um, so I knew they had had it in, but no one none of the staff knew what I was talking about so yeah it's 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 a really it's really really do have to hunt it down you do unless you were looking for it which you and I both were quite often Uh, for me it was just on the bottom shelf right at the end with all the other um different cheeses that are dairy based so I'd I'd be surprised if it had really taken off because if you're looking for vegan cheese you tend to look in the plant-based section um and if you're not then I I certainly wouldn't be buying a plant-based cheese because the reputation so far is that vegan cheeses aren't that good so yeah. um yeah I hope uh, they move it to somewhere a bit more visible yeah it's it's made by a friend I sort of did some research because I wanted to try and you know get them to send it to us because we haven't been able to find it it's produced in France by a French company and then it's distributed in the UK by the same company that creates um like the laughing cow cow triangles and the baby bells and things like that so oh, that's interesting um but yeah it it is a little bit pricey isn't it it's quite it's three pound fifty and it is fairly small sort of would you yes. say half the size of a normal camembert I would, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely not something you're going to be buying often for how much you actually get for your money. Yeah, for sure. I did find it lasted quite a while though because it was only really me eating it, um, and it was it was just a lovely treat to have a cheese that felt like a cheese rather than a cheese that felt like a fake cheese, if you know what I mean. It it felt like a treat, and it felt like oh, you know, I don't know, just the lovely little um sort of wooden box and it was just it was just nice I found the taste quite tangy I don't know whether it's because I haven't had real camembert for like three three four years or whatever um what did how did you find the taste of it I know what you mean it definitely had a tangy aftertaste it's interesting you should say that because I definitely picked that up for me the taste was very mild and it reminded me more of what I remember a very, very mild brie to be like. Okay. Um, same in terms of the texture, actually. Now, I didn't heat it up, um, so I'm just commenting on how it was cold. Texture-wise, I thought it was brilliant. Like you, felt like such a treat. It felt like a, a proper cheese that you would buy to treat yourself in the same way I would have done pre-being vegan. And I would definitely buy it again, for sure. It was the nicest vegan cheese I've had um, from a supermarket on a cracker, cheese and biscuits. Same here. Things like that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's just, it's nice having it in a supermarket because you don't, you know, you can't always order things online, can you? Sometimes you just want to grab it and have it that day or, you mm. know, um, and it is cheaper than the artisan vegan cheeses, you know, such as the ones from Palace Culture that we test, taste tested before Christmas. Um, but yeah, it, it was, yeah, it did have a sort of tangy aftertaste, but um, the texture was so real, you know, realistic. I mean, it obviously is, it is real cheese. It's just not... <laughs> from a cow um but yeah I had it with like chili jam and crackers which was lovely mm. um and I, I would think, definitely buy it again yeah I think if you're vegan and like me you were a big cheese lover before and you're a bit fatigued with the the supermarket cheese options or buying maybe the same one which always feels like a bit of a compromise definitely go out give this one a go maybe not something you would be you will be buying often because the price is still a bit of a barrier as with a lot of vegan cheeses but a lovely treat next week we're hoping to taste test the new products from Marks and Spencers um they've got a new pancake mix I think vegan pancake mix which will be exciting to try and the new Violife round smoky slices which look really good and um might be giving um, Applewood a run for their money. So, yeah, really excited to try those. 
Definitely excited for both of those. And I have to say, I've been really impressed with Marks and Spencer's this Veganuary with how much innovation they've brought out. Um, they've been all over Instagram, people buying their, their new launches, raving about them. I know I've personally bought quite a bit. So excited to, to try some of the newness again for February. Yeah, they've got a coleslaw, haven't they, I think now? Yeah, they've had a coleslaw for a long time and it is a really, really good one. Really good. Sadly, my um, local Marks and Spencers closed down. So and it had been on the high street for like 70 years. So I have to sort of travel for maybe nearly half an hour to get to one. So I don't use it very often, which just makes me sad. But never mind. Um, Yeah, we'll... (laughs) let's hope they arrive because yeah as I say I've been really impressed with Marks and Spencer's vegan innovation so I'm excited to try any any extras any newness yeah brilliant well thank you for listening and as always make sure you follow us on Instagram at simply vegan podcast and like and share so that other people can be inspired um, by you know our news and reviews and our interview I speak to uh, Dr Laura Freeman um, shortly and she's incredibly inspirational like you know all our interviewees she has founded um, plant-based health online so it's basically like um, a lifestyle medicine service but it's it's kind of taking you know she she just talks about the incredible effects of the plant-based diet on variety of illnesses including her own cancer so definitely worth worth a listen wow can't wait to hear Today I'm joined by Dr. Laura Freeman, who is Medical Director of Plant-Based Health Online. Hi Laura, how are you today? Hi, I'm good Holly, thanks for having me. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about your background and how you came to have such an interest in plant-based diets? Sure, Um, well I'm a GP and a lifestyle medicine doctor and not everybody knows what that means but I'm sure we'll we'll come to that. Um, And I'd love to say that my interest in plant-based diet started 20 years ago when I started medical school, but it really didn't. Um, I actually kind of fell into it about five years ago when I was working as a GP in Toronto. Um, In fact, it it all kind of started when I attended a routine appointment with my obstetrician in my first trimester of my second pregnancy, and, and he felt a lump in my neck. And what happened from there was I had some scans and some biopsies and um, later found out that it was a cancerous tumour and I had this removed um, later when, after my daughter was born when she was about six months old um, and at that time when I had my surgery I also had some blood work which showed that my cholesterol was really high so even though at that time I'd had this cancer diagnosis and I had found out that my cholesterol was high I thought that I was healthy you know I was thought that I was eating well I didn't really eat very many processed foods and I didn't drink I don't smoke and I was exercising Um, but that's what forced me into researching about nutrition and it really didn't take me long to then find out about the connection between whole food plant-based diets and cancer risk or cancer reduction um, and high cholesterol for example so I got stuck down this uh, very large rabbit hole of information and science-based research that was discussing the benefits of a plant-based diet that I just never learned about in medical school. So I was really overwhelmed um, by it in, in a really good way. It was just that the evidence was so compelling. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. And then from there, um, my husband and I talked about it. And then for me to get him on board, we had to sit down and watch all the documentaries together, the ones that I'm sure you've seen too and forks over knives and what the health and and we made the decision to change our our diet from there and we did that pretty quickly actually Uh, we had a conversation where we agreed that we would eat plant-based diets at home and but we wouldn't make it difficult for our friends um, when we're at their houses eating and we wouldn't be you know awkward about choosing restaurants for example but 
the thing is, is that we felt so much better so quickly that it was really only into into making changes after a few weeks that we felt like we couldn't go back and eat any other way. Um, and, you know, I remember my sister telling me that I shouldn't keep preaching about it to friends and family, but luckily I was in a really good position as a GP to then take that conversation and the information that I had learned into the consultation room and to talk about it with my patients. And because really the more I learned about it, the more I felt like I was doing a disservice if I didn't talk to them about it um, and tell them about the evidence for diabetes and heart disease, mental health conditions. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, Even people who were coming to me who felt well (laughs) usually had to hear about plant-based diets from me and and to start thinking about preventative medicine. Um, And what was amazing was that I was finding that these patients were really receptive to this message. They really wanted to hear about, um, you know, information about their eating patterns and their food choices and and how this was impacting their health. So that's that's really how I got into it and have taken it from there. We need to clone you so that you can be everybody's (laughs) GP because that's not the usual experience, is it? You know, no doctor that I've ever come across has ever told me, well, even asked me anything about my diet. So it's really not the norm at all. It's it's not. And, And that's been my case, you know, working with colleagues, but also as a patient. And, you know, in my diagnosis and in all the specialists that I've come up, against afterwards you know nobody has discussed nutritional care with me and I have to tell you my mum has had two cancer diagnoses as well and my dad had a stroke um, a year after my surgery and none of our none of their healthcare professionals have discussed diet with them either um, and I was reading a study recently um, on this very topic and it said that the majority of doctors were interested in nutrition they realized um the value that it has but you know the majority of them something like 94 percent of them had less than four hours of training on nutrition that year and something like 26 percent of them were confident in talking about it with their patients so there's this huge mismatch between what doctors what we should be doing and what we actually are doing and, and that's what we're kind of hoping to change yeah I, I mean, have you, are you sort of in remission now with the cancer? Yeah, so I have checks every year and I had one a few months ago. And so I'm really feeling very grateful that everything looks clear, which is, is great. Yeah. And you think the plant-based eatings sort of help that? Well, I mean, I had to have surgery um, and, you know, I have to be on medication now um, so I had to have my thyroid removed and I take thyroid medication and, you know, I'm so grateful for that. Um, but I know and because there's evidence to support that eating a whole food plant based diet will help to reduce cancer risk. For example, we know it definitely has a link with colon and breast and for men for prostate cancer, too. So that's another I mean, there's so many reasons why I've stuck with a plant based diet, but that's definitely a big, a big one. Yeah. So you said you're a lifestyle uh, medicine doctor. Or, mm-hmm. um, what, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, well, I'm glad that you asked because not many people know and I mention it and people kind of gloss over it. So it's really mm-hmm. nice to be able to talk about it um, because plant-based diets is just one tool that I use to help my patients. And, um, you know, of course, diet is so fundamental and, and that's what I normally start with my patients talking about because it makes the most difference. Um, but of course, it's really important to incorporate all different aspects, um, including diet as well. But when we try to help our patients really think holistically about everything that's going on in their lives. And so I always like to stress that lifestyle medicine is an evidence based approach and it focuses on six main factors. So a whole food plant-based diet, um, exercise and physical activity, restorative sleep, um, daily relaxation to help manage stress levels, which I think is something that we're all needing just now, um, fostering, yeah, fostering positive relationships and maintaining strong social connections. And then the last one is avoiding risky substances. So things like smoking and vaping and um, drinking alcohol as well. 
And it really came about because, you know, healthcare professionals are recognising that lifestyle factors and behaviours are so responsible for the the vast majority of chronic diseases that we see. So things like type 2 diabetes, heart disease and and even certain cancers like I touched on before. Um, And so lifestyle medicine is an approach that is used to prevent these very diseases, to treat them and even in some cases reverse them. And so, for example, we see a lot of patients who are able to reverse their type 2 diabetes on a whole food plant-based diet. And that was something that up until a few years ago, I just didn't know was possible. Certainly wasn't taught to me in medical school, in my GP training, or even when I when I went out to Canada and did my training there as well. But, you know, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine released a position statement, I think just last summer, and it confirmed that you know, type 2 diabetes is a condition that can be reversed and that this is a goal that we should all be striving for as clinicians. And so that was really wonderful to see, to see that and to be able to talk about that with patients now. Yeah, it's amazing. What other, mm-hmm. what other kind of conditions have you seen a plant-based diet help with? So many. And that's a really wonderful thing about this is that it can help such a variety of people in different ages, different backgrounds, different cultures. It really just applies to so many different people. And and we do know that it can benefit almost everybody. But the majority of people that I see do have some kind of chronic disease, such as type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. But I also see a lot of patients with autoimmune disease. So conditions like multiple sclerosis, inflammatory bowel disease, or even some um, thyroid conditions and and some cancer patients too. And, you know, when they are switching their diets, they're able to lose weight and drop their blood pressure, reduce their cholesterol. And and they do this all through diet mainly. And many of them are able to come off their medications, which is so amazing for them, but it's also really amazing for me too. You know, as a doctor, I've been so used to focusing on what medications I can prescribe. And if someone has a side effect from a medication, you know, what else can I give them to get on top of a side effect? So it's really wonderful to use this lifestyle medicine approach because it's just really rewarding. And it's been incredible to see what these patients have been able to achieve by thinking about what food is on their plate. And it's really, really powerful. And I think for lots of these patients, they've had this label as, um, you know, a significant diagnosis or a chronic condition, like something that they're going to live with their whole life. And so taking this approach really helps them take control again. You know, they're back in the driving seat and that's often something that they're not, they've not realized that they've been able to do before then. So it's, um, yeah, it's very rewarding, like I said. And presumably saving the NHS money as well. If if people aren't, you know, taking tablets left, right and centre, one to treat the condition, another one to treat the side effects. You know, by the time we're all in our 70s, I mean, most people are, are taking, I, I've read some research, don't have the stats to hand, but, you know, by the time we're in our 70s and 80s, we're all on so many different medications. We're not, we're not sort of living healthily uh, longer or we're living longer, but we're, you know we're we're on all these sort of drugs yeah that's right so it's about you know um it's not just about quantity of life it's really about quality of well as well and you're right like the the kind of burden of medication and disease is is really significant I mean we know that the NHS spends 14 billion pounds a year just on diabetes medication diabetes management sorry Um, and so it's it's really significant it's really really significant but it's often a missing piece of the conversation um and just something that I I want to start opening up and making sure that patients know about it and and healthcare professionals know about it as well so what about coronavirus or COVID-19 um I mean can can a plant-based diet be used to help lessen the effects of, of this virus um, I mean, it, it definitely plays a really important part in, in a number of different ways. 
Um, you know, I should start off by saying, you know, nothing replaces social distancing and wearing a mask and and good hand hygiene, um, for example. But um, I do think that we really should focus on diet and the key role that it has, um, because we know that it can be used well to strengthen our immune system and keep us in good health. And of course, our food choices play an important role in the risk of future pandemics as well. Um, and again, that's another missing conversation um, from from talking about coronavirus just now. But the idea that COVID and diet are interconnected is is a really important piece of the conversation that we that we should be talking about. Um, I mean, I think we could probably do a separate podcast on, on just that alone. Yeah. But um, you know, it it has a role to play in that. Um, we know that it contributes to underlying health conditions. Um, we, knew, we know that diet is the leading cause of death and disability in the world just now. And, you know, I already have talked about a number of times about how chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease and, um, are hugely influenced by diet. Um, and we know that this has a part to play in COVID because it's associated with chronic inflammation, for example. Um, and we knew very early on in the pandemic, there was a study released, I believe it was in April 2020, showing that 90% of people in hospital with coronavirus also had an underlying health condition. Um, and it was one of those conditions that I mentioned. Um, and that if they had them, the outcomes were more likely to be severe. It's more likely to be admitted to ICU, more likely to die with COVID. So Diet has a really important role to play there. Um, <clears throat> but there's also some really interesting research which links um, our gut microbiome health and the severity of COVID. And, and we're really beginning to realise how crucial the microbiome is for our health in so many different ways. We know that diet really, um, when your diet does or is centred around whole plant foods, foods that are really rich in fibre, it's really helpful for your microbiome. Um, and in particular, there was another study showing that cabbage and fermented vegetables are, are also particularly good for the gut microbiome and, and probably linked to COVID-19 outcomes, which is so fascinating. Um, so I just think that, yeah, it's, there's a definite link between diet and, and COVID and just need to um, think about that more when we talk about being healthy and strengthening our immune system against coronavirus. That's great news about the cabbage because I've got three in my fridge from <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I do the Riverford yeah. box and sometimes I forget to sort of change the order and I've got all this cabbage and <laughs> just keep feeding it to everyone. So yeah, yeah. that's great to know. <laughs> yeah, it's um you should definitely start shredding it and putting it in soups and coleslaws and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean yeah. most plant foods are very um, fiber rich and high in antioxidants and, and we know that a whole food plant-based diet is anti-inflammatory and um, so it's just really beneficial for for all the reasons we've discussed but but probably does have an impact um, with um, strengthening our immune system and protecting us against coronavirus. And presumably we've heard a lot about long COVID um, being similar to sort of chronic fatigue conditions like ME. Mm-hmm. Presumably yeah. it would help with, with something like that. Um, I mean, I would expect so. There's, you know, I wish I could tell you that there was a study that proved that there's not yet. There's no direct evidence to support that yet. Um, recently, NICE, so the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, um, they did release guidance on the management of long COVID, but they, they didn't mention anything about diet. Um, but from the discussion that we've just had, it makes sense that it would be connected. And, and I do expect that it would help. Um, you know, there are some case reports of patients with chronic fatigue, for example, who who do improve on a plant-based diet, but no, um, no large, you know, randomised control um, trials, for example, but I still think that it's worth noting and you know when my patients transition to a plant-based diet and they're eating enough and they're supplementing as they should one of the first things that they report is um, increased energy Mm. and and so that's 
that's really promising. And so I can't think of any reasons why you wouldn't try and optimize your diet if you're suffering from long COVID. The only thing is that practically it can be really difficult if you're feeling fatigued, then thinking about making changes and cooking and planning and shopping, you know, when you're feeling fatigued, that can all be quite draining. It takes a lot, it does take energy and it does take time. So in theory, yes, it sounds great, but practically, you know, there might be some challenges there. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? It's much easier just to open a packet and kind of, you know, Mm. something in the oven or on the stove rather than chopping it all and kind of cooking it from scratch. But um, so I spoke to your colleague, um, Dr. Shireen Kassan, um, a couple of weeks ago. She was fantastic. And um, so you, you both basically just launched a new website or a new service called plant-based health Mm -hmm. online so what what led you to do this yeah um well thank you for bringing it up and um because it's really exciting to be able to talk about it Shireen and I have been working on it for a while and kind of kept it on the down low so it's really (laughs) it's really nice to be able to talk about it now so it's um well we believe it's the first of its kind in in the UK Um, It's an online healthcare service, meaning patients can book video consultations uh, with a plant-based healthcare professional directly through our website. Um, And we've got an amazing team of GPs, dietitians, nutritionists and a health coach, all who are plant-based themselves and understand the research behind it and are also practicing this lifestyle medicine approach. Um, And we work alongside patients, GPs to support them on their health journey whatever that might be or whatever stage that they're at on that journey and and also whether they're plant-based already or whether they're thinking about it or whether they've you know never come across the term before um and it's especially exciting because recently we secured registration with the care quality commission um and for those who don't know the care quality commission the cqc is an independent body who register regularly and inspect health and social care services in England. Um, And so they are making sure that we practice in a way that meets government standards. They're making sure our care is safe and effective and responsive to our patient needs. And I really like to mention this, and I think it's really important because it just adds credibility to what we're offering. You know, it's not alternative. It's not wacky. And this is evidence-based medicine and it's perfectly safe and it's extremely effective and so that's what we've been working on and that's what we launched last week and really you know we did it because we um for everything that we've just discussed you know we recognize the importance of of whole food plant-based nutrition and it's just not something that's really being discussed widely by our colleagues in the NHS as much as we respect them and I'm grateful for all their work and we just feel like we could be doing a really good job with patients helping them focus on nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. So is it is it a paid service presumably you know say I was diagnosed with something I didn't know what to do someone said a plant-based diet could help I go online and I book an appointment how does it work? Yeah, um, so all bookings are done through our website, so pbho.co.uk. And at the moment, we are um, charging a fee for our consultations. Um, We charge £165, which includes a 45-minute consultation with a healthcare professional that the patient can choose, and then a 15-minute follow-up, say, like a week or two later, and we did that for a couple of reasons, but really it's to make sure that our patients are on track and to talk about any success or indeed any challenges that they might have had. And But we also know when we're asking patients to make changes, whether it's to their diet or other lifestyle behaviours, it's really important to have some accountability and, and follow up. So that's why we designed it that way. Yeah. So do you kind of give them... Um sort of resources to go away and and kind of teach themselves how to eat a plant-based diet? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on the patient. It depends on their health problem or their concern and and where they might be on their journey. So we've had such a variety of people coming our ways, people who are not plant-based at all, people who are, you know, 
vegans, but maybe eating an unhealthy vegan diet and some people who are eating, you know, a close to perfect whole food plant-based diet. So it really does depend on the patient themselves. And we really tailor our approach and our advice to that patient as an individual. And so it really just does depend. But I mean, what we're really hoping for um, and our kind of long-term goal is that um, by encouraging our patients to adopt a healthy plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle habits, that we can really demonstrate how powerful the approach is. Um, and you know, we're set up as a community interest company, which we did deliberately. Like we really do want to give back into the community. But ultimately, our goal was to be able to work with services provided by the NHS or even better, secure commissioning from the NHS so that we can widen our accessibility, lower our costs and just make sure that we can reach people who who really need us. Um, that, that, that's the goal. That would be fantastic. So that yeah. leads us nicely onto your petition that you've just launched. Should we talk about Boris? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we it would be impossible not to. Um, I, can't, I can't quite believe we did that, but I'm glad that we did. Um, and I think, you know, somebody asked, you know, why did we think that Boris Johnson had a responsibility to, to change to a plant-based diet? And I suppose the thing is, is that we all have some responsibility that's what I um, see anyway but as our Prime Minister and as a leader of the country and also as somebody who was in ICU with Covid not so long ago to think it would be really amazing if he helped to highlight the importance of a healthy plant-based diet not just for his own health but for the wider um, um, community and and for planetary health as well and of course you know, maybe by doing that, he would understand a bit better about how it would provide huge cost savings to the NHS, like we mentioned before. And we also thought that this petition would tie in really nicely with the 10-point plan that they have, thinking about the climate crisis, um, and also with the government's um, obesity strategy as well, because we know that a whole food plant-based diet is a really um, effective, safe and evidence-based way to achieve a healthy, a healthy weight. And you mentioned Shireen earlier, who's wonderful. And I loved the podcast episode that you did with her a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I, her quote, which I love and I have written down here, is um, is a world leader's obligation to do everything in their power to maintain the policies they have set out. And um, I just love that she made it so clear. And that kind of is in part the reason why we went forward with this petition. And, and really what it comes down to is that a whole food plant-based diet is so key in tackling health and environmental issues. You know, it's amazing that we've got this one diet that can do both. But most people have really just not made that connection yet with what's on their plate and, and the climate crisis and, and indeed their health. And so we really wanted to call on Boris Johnson and Carrie too um, to really try and start taking some positive action and set a really good example for everybody here in the UK and everybody watching us from afar. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. So where can people sign it? Because I've already signed it because I've, uh, I'm have i part of the Facebook group, the um, mm-hmm. plant, plant-based health professionals. So where can anyone else sign the petition? Yeah, so that's probably the best way. And, um, you know, I'm speaking in my role as medical director from Plant-Based Health Online, but would also really encourage people to check out plant-based health professionals as well like our sister or um, organization that focuses on education it's not just for healthcare professionals either so on our Facebook page there's a link to the petition there but we're also really um, lucky that plant-based news picked up in our story yesterday and so um, if you google plant-based news and Boris Johnson it will likely come up and it has a link to the petition at the bottom yeah so hoping hoping to get as many signatures as as possible yeah I think we're covering it on um, vegan food and living as well so that news oh that would be great should be up there soon um so lastly a year from now what changes would you like to see in our medical practices yeah well I mean I really want to welcome as many people through our kind of virtual doors as it is at plant-based health online as possible um and that would just be amazing to be able to 
help people in a way where we can focus on diet and lifestyle like I've you know just been talking about um but I also really hope that by working with our patients and also working with our colleagues that we can just increase this awareness for the evidence behind a whole food plant-based diet and also for that lifestyle medicine approach um, and to be able to see it become more mainstream would just be the most amazing thing that would make me very happy <laughs> come on Boris you can do it you need to go vegan <laughs> yeah, go plant-based <laughs> lead the way <laughs> I think people are just so scared to to talk about it aren't they no one wants to kind of say you know this is the answer because I mean I don't know why is it is it because people don't want to give up their you know their cheese and biscuits on a Friday night and their their steak and chips and and everything else yeah oh I mean I think it's in some ways it's really complicated right like you know we've there's cultural reasons and traditional reasons and there's so many you know emotional connection so much emotion connected with you know the food that we eat and the people that we share it with and of course there's some financial implications too but ultimately we can also make it really simple (laughs) we've known for a really long time that if we focus on fruits vegetables beans nuts and seeds that we will give ourselves the very best chance at health and also help our planet as well so I always like to simplify things you know I find medicine and physiology and pharmacology like all of it is complicated and so I've always enjoyed kind of simplifying things so that people understand it better and I I think that we need to do the same with nutrition here Um, and that message again is really simple we focus on fruits vegetables beans nuts and seeds and you do the best for your health and the best for the planet well thank you so much for chatting to me I could literally just ask you questions all day yeah another day yeah thank you ever so much Well, that's it for this episode of the Simply Vegan podcast. As always, don't forget to like and share. Follow us on Instagram at Simply Vegan Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube and all major platforms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.